Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows that the garage never sleeps and our stories are full of villains and creeps. Here is the count. Call me El Creepo. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, pulled from the old garage fridge, we have a real dandy. This one is called, and I swear, Captain, they made this just for a true crime garage. It's called Mr. Canoe Head from the good folks at Sleeping <laughs> Giant Brewing Company. Yes. Mr. Canoe Head is a popular and award-winning hoppy red ale with an added dry hop to give it additional aroma and even more flavor. And I am told... It is a real Canadian beer. Garage grade four out of five bottle caps. And let's give some praise and thank yous to those who love us the most. Yeah, this beer has a nice aroma of the inside of a canoe. A big We Like Your Jib goes out to Sarah H. from West St. Paul, Minnesota. And we also have Rod Miller and Adam Vanette up in Thunder Bay living their best lives Thanks for the beers, gents. If you want to help us fill up the fridge for next week's show, just go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the pint glass. Cheers. Yeah, B-W-E-R-R-U-N, beer run. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, do so. It helps out the show and it notifies you when we have a new episode. So thank you so much for listening. Colonel, that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
39-year-old Bo Mann was very much looking forward to marrying his partner, Jason Abate. Theirs was a long-term relationship, about five or more years, but also a long-distance relationship. Both Bo and Jason stayed quite busy with work, Jason spending a lot of that time in Michigan, and Bo running his company out of Los Angeles, California. Sadly, the wedding never took place. That is because on November 30th, 2021, Bo Man vanished, and he has been missing ever since. Bo was last seen at a 7-Eleven near his home in L.A. Bo is someone that is known to reach out to others and to connect with them on a level that is real. From Bo's blog, he says, I believe you must bring your whole self to the table if you want to thrive in today's crazy world. Your personality, your sense of humor, and most importantly, your heart. All of these elements brought me to found Bo Man, the entrepreneur, back in 2000. Since then, the blog has been thriving and has quickly gained a loyal following. I invite you to explore my site, learn about my passions, and explore what excites and interests you as well. It appears that Bo toyed with the idea of starting a YouTube channel. But Bo Man is by far best known for founding and operating a support network for people recovering from drug addiction. The network is called Sober Grid. Sober Grid combines peer support coaching, an online community, digital therapeutics, and a digital library of mental health resources to help individuals achieve long-term recovery. They boast that the platform removes barriers and tackles the gaps in the continuum of care. And according to the reviews, many of those in recovery had much success with SoberGrid and found the support they needed. In Bo's absence, the SoberGrid team continues to work diligently to protect Bo's legacy and continue his and their mission. As someone who suffered from addiction himself, Bo was fulfilling a desire to help people in similar situations. According to our friends over at thecharlieproject.org, Bo is described as a Caucasian male with blonde hair and blue eyes. He has a surgical scar on his abdomen, extending from his navel to his groin. He smokes cigarettes. He is 5 foot 10 inches tall and about 220 pounds. When last seen, he was wearing an extra large coat, a black hooded sweatshirt, a dark blue t-shirt, dark blue pants, black sneakers, a blue baseball cap, a bandana over the lower part of his face, and an engagement ring with five diamonds. He was carrying a plastic bag of ice and a black backpack with two laptop computers, an iPhone, and an iPad inside. Anyone with information on the disappearance of Bo Man should call the LAPD Missing Persons Unit at 213-996-1800. If you have information but wish to remain anonymous, please call 1-800-222-TIPS. That's 1-800-222-TIPS. 
800-800-8477. Toll free, 24 hours a day. This is True Crime Garage. Today is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023, and it is Bo Michael Mann's 41st birthday. But sadly, instead of a celebration, the search continues to find this missing individual. Bo Mann was last seen on November 30th, 2021. Now, you heard some of Bo's accomplishments in today's trailer leading into this case discussion. Bo is the founder and CEO of a successful application-based company that he named SoberGrid. At the time of his disappearance, Bo was engaged to his partner, Jason. The timeline that encompasses Bo's disappearance is a strange one. We will start things off with the week of Thanksgiving 2021. For those listening abroad, cheers to you first off, but Thanksgiving is always celebrated on a Thursday in late November. For the holiday, Bo Mann flew to Texas. This trip was for the purpose of spending the Thanksgiving holiday with his family. On November 29th, the Monday after Thanksgiving, Bo flew back to Los Angeles. Upon returning from his trip, he was picked up by his assistant at LAX, the Los Angeles International Airport. Now, that same evening, Bo went out for takeout food and was visited by a friend at his home. He spoke to his boyfriend on the phone before going to bed that night. During this call, Bo mentions to his boyfriend, Jason, that he was having car trouble and his vehicle would not start. The following morning is Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. This is when Bo Michael Mann left his home on foot and visited a coffee shop. Now, one article here, Captain, states that it was, air quotes, normal for Bo. Now, I'll admit It's unclear to me, and I think it's unclear to most, if the normal is meant for the walking portion or the coffee portion or possibly both. Yeah, he lived in Brentwood, which they have a lot of shops very close to the neighborhood where you could walk to. So, again, it's not clear, but I would assume a lot of people in that neighborhood walk and get coffee in the morning. My first assumption was that this was due to the car trouble, but as you point out, there's many fine establishments to go to relatively closely to where Bo lives. Now, this is going to bring us to 2 p.m. that afternoon. When Bo Man is captured on surveillance video, he is shopping at a 7-Eleven convenience store. This store is located at 11007 Ventura Boulevard in Studio City, California. Now, at some point, In this video, he is seen repacking his large backpack that he brought with him to the store. This apparently because some of the contents of this backpack fell out. So he's fixing his backpack situation. He makes his purchases and he's going to go on his way. But a little more detail here, Captain. 
This according to one person that posted online saying that they lived in Studio City for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. They described the area as safe, family-oriented, wonderful neighborhood with decently maintained and modestly sized houses. At 2 p.m., he spotted on the surveillance footage at 7-Eleven. Within minutes, we have at 2.06 p.m., Bo is leaving the store, this with a fountain drink in one hand and a bag of ice in the other, along with several other items that he purchased on that visit at the store. And just to be clear, Bo walked to get coffee but took a Uber to the 7-Eleven. Correct. And from the reports that I see, it it's a little unclear if he then called for an additional Uber or told the driver or requested that the driver wait for him and then return to the same vehicle. Yeah, that's unclear because sometimes a, a driver will wait, but all of the reports that I have found that the initial drive to the 7-Eleven, that drive was complete. So he could have been picked up by the same driver, but he completed that the initial drive, so then they would have to start a new transaction. Now, Bo's boyfriend, Jason, who is very much one of the many who are leading the charge to help find Bo, says that the items that Bo purchased there that day were items that were for his home. And the item of the most importance, or I think that is most significant here, is the bag of ice. Now, one would, everyone would know that you, you, you purchase ice and you are now on a timeline, right? That ice will melt at some point. And we're talking about California. It looked to be a sunny day that day. I don't have the temperature, but a lot of the reports state that he's leaving the 7-Eleven with a bag of ice that that is probably melting very quickly upon leaving the store. The other thing that's interesting here is, according to Jason, Bo was one of these people that always had to have ice, ice in his drinks, always had to have ice on hand. And Jason reports that the ice maker at Bo's home was currently not working. Just like his car. I don't know how long the ice maker situation was in need of repair, but Jason is saying the purchases made that day indicate to him that it would have been Bo's intention of returning home upon leaving the 7-Eleven. And he underlines that with the purchase of the ice, saying the ice maker wasn't working. And as we just pointed out, you are on a timeline as soon as you make that purchase. And I have to agree here with Jason, not knowing Bo, but it seems to make all the sense in the world to me that you purchase a bag of ice and unless you have a cooler, you're probably intending to go home afterwards. And I'll post the pictures of Bo on surveillance. But one of the things that sticks out like a sore thumb is how big his book bag is. I mean, it looks like he hasn't unpacked from his trip from visiting friends and family for Thanksgiving. Well, I found the contents of his backpack to be a little questionable and maybe a little concerning as well. According to the charlieproject.org, not only is he carrying that plastic bag of ice when he leaves the 7-Eleven, but in his black backpack, there are two laptop computers, an iPhone and an iPad inside. Some people have questioned, well, why 
is Bo seen wearing a bandana over the lower part of his face in some portions of the surveillance video. We must keep in mind, this was 2021, and in many areas of this country, you were required to have some kind of face covering around this time due to COVID-19 concerns. According to reports, Bo then got into an Uber, and we just discussed we are uncertain if it was the same Uber that he arrived in. Here's where I have some issues with this case, and in fact, some issues with the investigation that is ongoing for the search for Bo Man. I think that it would be beneficial to this investigation if we could crowdsource a lot of these different events within this short timeline, because a lot of these things are unclear. And I think that if you're more transparent with some of these items, that it could help to lead us to Bo or at least get us some breadcrumbs, start creating a breadcrumb trail, because as we will see in this timeline here relatively shortly, the trail ends very soon. So he gets in an Uber after leaving the store. Now at 2.15 p.m., a text containing in Uber Gray was sent to 911 through the emergency alert system within the Uber app. This is before his phone goes off. Now, fishy. I don't know exactly what the details of all of these items are, but this is how it's reported. This is how it's stated. And this is the information that is released to the public that he texts 911 and this happens before his phone went off. So there must be some indication to law enforcement or to the phone company that at some point, his phone goes off after this communication. He texts Uber 911, and I don't know how this works, but they claim that it's normally followed up with like a help text, which he didn't send, but then 911 tried to get in contact with Bowman. That's exactly right. 911 attempts to contact Bo, but is not successful. And then unfortunately, Bo has been missing since and has not had contact with anyone. He has not contacted family or friends, work, or even 911 after this. And just to be clear about the timeline, Bo walks to get coffee and then takes an Uber to the 7-Eleven. That ride is completed. He then gets into another Uber. That ride is completed. So we do have an end spot of where Uber claims that they dropped Bo Man off at. Yeah, we end up being told that Bo Man was dropped off on Berkeley Street, which is a residential area in Santa Monica. A few days after he's not heard from, authorities conduct a welfare check at Bo Man's apartment upon request by family members and work colleagues who had not heard from him. I'm getting some conflicting reports here on the missing persons report. So. Many of the reports state that on December 4th, 2021, Bo Man's assistant, who picked them up from the airport, filed a missing persons report with the Los Angeles Police Department. Some other reports state that the missing persons unit at LAPD was not notified of Bo Man's missing status until several days, in fact, almost two weeks later, and we'll dive into that here in a second. Let's get into some background information for Bo. 
He was born on February 21st, 1982 in post Texas. After his parents' separation, he grew up moving between his father's house, which was located in Texas, and his mother's home, which was located in Massachusetts. At a younger age, Bo had some substance abuse issues, and he worked hard through this. He entered recovery at age 23 and got clean. Now, as a result, he went on to found Sober Grid, this back in 2016. Sober Grid is a social community app that provides support for recovering addicts. An interesting story that I got to hear Bo tell. You can go online, and he did several interviews, even given an award from Forbes magazine. So if you want to hear and see these interviews with Bo, you can find them. And one thing that I found interesting here, Captain, and something I never even considered, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you are recovering addict, a lot of that, you need the support of other individuals, like-minded individuals, people that have shared similar experiences, people that are recovering themselves. It's it's a support based recovery. One thing that I found to be interesting was Bo came up with this idea because he was in recovery himself and he travels out to the Sundance Film Festival. Then while he's there, he's like, okay, well, there's all these apps for people that want to hook up, maybe go out on a date or meet new people or go to a party, maybe go to a bar, have some drinks or what have you. But there's no real community for a person that is seeking somebody that's in recovery as well, like-minded individuals or somebody just to talk to, you know, Hey, I'm out here on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing something here. I just need somebody to talk to some support. I need some kind of a a little bit of somebody to lean on, if you will. And so he comes up with this great idea for sober grid. It has some success. This app ends up having some success. As we said, he was even featured in Forbes magazine. Now, at the time of his disappearance, Bo Mann lived in an apartment in Los Angeles, California. He had previously lived in New York, and his company is based out of the Boston, Massachusetts area. Well, a couple of things, and unlike the colonel was saying, you can go read this article in Forbes magazine or, or online as well. And it shows you a couple things. One, Bowman, he's a very bright individual, driven individual, creative individual. And by reading this interview, you get um, a little bit of a taste of his personality. As we said in the trailer, Bo was in a long-distance relationship with Jason Abate, who he met five years prior through a dating site in Texas, and the pair planned to get married. Now, we had several requests. We received a bunch of requests to cover Bo's case, and thank you to everyone who suggested this case. One of the reasons, amongst others, that we decided to feature this case is that here we have a very dissatisfying timeline to me. To me, I look at this, Captain, and I see that there are mysteries throughout this timeline.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Cheers, mates. Cheers to you, Colonel. That pause. I almost cheers to you first there, Captain. Hey, the the Mr. Canoe Head beer is so delicious, yes. and it also made me think, I wish I was wearing a douche canoe Bob Ross t-shirt right now at the same yeah, time. Old Bob yeah. Ross. So cheers to Bob Ross, cheers to Mr. Canoe Head, and cheers to, I guess, the douche canoes out there <laughs> to all the canoe heads let's get into this timeline here and see what we can come up with here captain now at 2 p.m we know that Bo was seen and recorded on surveillance video at that 7-eleven again the address is 11007 ventura boulevard in studio city we know this to be fact we've seen images of this surveillance footage ourselves and we know that lapd went to this location and they took with them this surveillance footage of Bo Man. So good job by them to collect this. Good job by 7-Eleven to actually have a working surveillance system. So we get a little bit of insight. To me, all of these items in his backpack just seem to raise more questions to me. I get it. Like, Given what we do for a living, it's not uncommon that you're going to bring a laptop or an iPad with you and you might sit at a bar or a coffee shop and get a little work done while you're there. But to have two laptops, an iPad, uh, an iPhone, and then, of course, all the, the, the chargers and the cords and cables that go along with, with the, that contents, that seems to me like he's carrying an awful a lot of things around with him. To me, I look at this and I, I, I come away with a very weird feeling in your pain where the ice tells me the ice suggests to me that he might be going home. Not, it doesn't have to be 100%, mm-hmm. but the ice suggests to me, he's going home. All of these other items in his backpack suggest to me that he is going elsewhere. Yeah. But you have to remember that he just came from a long weekend holiday weekend visiting his family so he was traveling so is it possible that he just didn't get around to taking out some of these items the issue i have is is his book bag looked way more filled 
than the items that are stated. So he's carrying the bag of ice and which is what he would want to do. You don't want to mix that melting bag of ice with your electronics in your backpack. What you do have, and I'm making an assumption here, so forgive me out there in listener land. When we say that some of the contents of his backpack spilled out and he's seen on video putting those items back into his backpack, I want to be clear here. I've not been able to see the full-length video. I've only been able to see still images from his visit at the 7-Eleven. So I have to make an inference here. And my inference is, and based off of some of the wording coming from Jason and coming from online reports, was that he left the store with a fountain drink in one hand, bag of ice in the other hand, along with several other purchases that he made there. And Jason saying that he has reviewed those purchases and simply telling us that those purchases were for Bo's home. So I think what may have happened, he may have stuffed some of those other purchases, not the melting ice, into the backpack and in in the course of doing so, may have dropped an item or two from his backpack. He's seen reloading it, and then he leaves the store very quickly after. This is a very short, very brief visit to this convenience store. Now, one could argue if he's going home, but I think we both can agree that he's going somewhere with the bag of ice. You're just not going to walk around town with a bag of ice. Yeah, I bet you he has some kind of destination in mind. We know that he gets into an Uber after leaving the store at 2.15 p.m. His phone sends a text to 911 through the emergency alert system. Again, within the Uber app. And as stated, it's it's told to us that this happens before his phone went off. Now, what went off means, we don't know. That doesn't mean that... He sent the text and then his phone went off immediately. It could mean that his phone went off at a much later time or later the battery died. But what we do know is that 911 attempts to contact Bo to see if everything is all right, but they are not successful. And then we know that this is the last contact or would seem to be the last contact or attempted contact that Bo made with anybody. But we also know that Uber told at least law enforcement and other sources where he was dropped off at. Did they do any follow-up on other surveillance? Because we have him on surveillance at the 7-Eleven. There's other stores and there's other houses and, and other businesses in these locations or in the location that he's dropped off in. Why isn't he seen again on camera? Well, and there's some very troubling things here, and you just hit the nail on the head. Why is he not seen again on camera in the area of of the 7-Eleven? Okay, well, maybe he gets into the Uber very quickly after leaving the store, you know, within steps. But the problem here is we only have, to me, only one of two outcomes can be possible, right? If everything was normal, if everything was going well that day, Bo should have returned to his home. He should have gotten the Uber and it would have taken him home if that's in fact where he wanted to go. And he would have been home. He would have been fine. Today, everybody's celebrating his birthday. We don't have Bo. He goes missing. And to me, everything, everything ends and then begins again with one of two scenarios. Either the Uber is the problem or the drop-off point. According to Uber, where they dropped him off, that is our other problem. Right. Uh, potential problem. So I found a little bit of information regarding the Uber here because that's one of the 
the more dissatisfying parts of this timeline. Uber is basically saying Bo got out of the car. His ride was completed, as the captain said, and he got out. We dropped him off here. After that, we don't know what happened to him. Now, a representative of Uber told Dateline in an email that there was no incident reported to Uber. Jason, the boyfriend, told Dateline, along with Bo's family and friends that have been pushing and pushing and pushing to find out what happened to Bo, they say that they feel frustrated with the progress or lack thereof in Bo's case. Jason runs the Help Find Bo Man Facebook page. And if anybody wants to look that up, the spelling, you can you will see from the title of today's podcast, but the spelling is B-E-A-U for Bo and Man is M-A-N-N Facebook page. Officer Jill Calhoun was originally assigned to investigate Bo's disappearance. This for LAPD. Officer Calhoun told Dateline that the LAPD missing persons unit officially received a notice that Bo was missing on December 17th, 2021. That's where I, I, I start having a bunch of problems with this Uber and then with the LAPD themselves. Right. What What is the actual case here? The other reports that are online state that he was reported missing December 4th. According to the detective, Mrs. Calhoun or Miss Calhoun, excuse me, says that they were notified that he was missing on December 17th. He's seen on the surveillance footage November 30th. If they're not looking for him until the 17th, I'm surprised that the 7-Eleven still had the footage. Maybe it's of the digital nature. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's just a like somehow that's a misreporting where he was reported once uh, missing on the fourth, and then again, you know, they follow up on the seventeenth. It, it, it just seems very strange to me. And then Miss Calhoun goes on to tell Dateline that the Uber is definitely being investigated. I cannot disclose the details, but it has definitely been investigated. And Jason, of course, goes on to tell Dateline that the last time he spoke with Bo, Bo did, in fact, tell him his car was not starting, and that meant that he would be using an Uber. Now, one person that posted on the Find Bo Man Facebook page, I think, had a lot of good and interesting points that they made in their post. And this comes from Doc J. I don't know if that's any relation to the Dr. But here we go. Hey, Uber, really, no incident was reported to you. Really, if the LAPD has interviewed your driver twice, how could that be that no incident was reported to you? Bo was in an Uber and used the Uber app to text 911 and never heard from again. Wouldn't you want to reassure people you are doing more than this? Transparency is important. Let's talk to your driver air quotes, Kyle. And then the poster goes on to say, Bo made the driver stop at a 7-Eleven while he shopped for a few things, brought a melting bag of ice back in the car that he purchased at the 7-Eleven. And supposedly, Bo changed the route from Brentwood to Santa Monica and texted 911 for help, and your driver didn't remember a passenger like that, question mark. 
Who wouldn't remember a passenger that texts 911 on them, which, if I understand correctly, requires the driver to acknowledge everything is okay at some point. And then Doc J goes on to say, oh, and the driver does not do any more rides that day, too, question mark. And LAPD headquarters, could you explain why you don't believe foul play is involved in Bo's disappearance? He hasn't been seen for many months and texted law enforcement for help, and this is how it's being handled. He was counting on you to help him. Where were you and what is being done now to find him? Dateline is just the beginning. It's not going away. We don't just move on without a loved one who vanishes from our county. Maybe it's time to assign this to a detective and begin taking missing people seriously. Yeah, it's a it's a joke. I want to know more about the first Uber ride to the 7-Eleven. Did he get back into the same vehicle or not? Again, like this individual online, Dr. J, what he's saying makes a lot of sense. If if I'm texting 911 and 911's trying to get a hold of me, why aren't they trying to get a hold of the Uber driver? And if they did, what was that communication like? And again, we have surveillance at the 7-Eleven. What about surveillance when he was dropped off? So why did he change his location? And then why was he dropped off in Santa Monica? There's so many questions. And it seems like LAPD just has too much on their plate. And and he just vanishes into thin air. Again, the, the, the fact that there's no surveillance after the fact or that there's <laughs> like we just said a couple minutes ago, when was he reported missing? That's not even clear. Right. And if they're not out there looking for him until the 17th or after, I mean, by that point, Captain, we are close to three weeks. We're, we're two and a half weeks after he was last seen on that surveillance footage at the Seven Eleven. And the thing here is where he was dropped off in Santa Monica on Berkeley Street, this is a busy residential area. Right. We've seen so many cases that have been solved or leads that have been provided to law enforcement from ring doorbell cameras and from simply safe cameras and from ADT surveillance cameras from people's homes and also businesses. I can't believe you keep bringing up why don't we have him on camera again? I'm with you. Lock and step here, my friend. I can't believe that there he's not been captured on video anywhere else. If he made it to this Berkeley street in Santa Monica, like the Uber driver says, and like the company Uber is telling us, then there should be some kind of digital footprint of him having been there. Now, some have expressed a concern about Bo's state of mind at the time that he went missing. And these are people that are close to him and family. So we do need to take that into account. However, his boyfriend, Jason, says that when he spoke to him, when he spoke to Bo the night before he went missing, Bo sounded normal to him, didn't say anything out of the ordinary to him. Jason says that he knew Bo the best, and he says he can assure everyone that Bo did not voluntarily disappear. Well, this harks back to another case, the Tyler Davis case, which a lot of people have emailed wanting to know if there's been any updates. I'm constantly looking for anything. I, I do know that they petitioned. I don't know if it went through, but they did petition to have him uh, declared 
deceased. But here's another example. Tyler, his wife, his friend, they get dropped off. They get dropped off by a Uber at a at a hotel. They're seen on surveillance, but then he just disappears into the night. Well, and if I'm Uber, if I'm the CEO of Uber or I'm running, you know, Uber in California or this area, LA, I want I want all of the customers and clients to know that when you ride with Uber, you are safe. That you you will you will have a safe trip. You will you will get into the vehicle, have a safe drive, a safe trip, and arrive safely at your destination. Well, we keep seeing all these issues with Uber and Lyft and and other other ride services like this. Why why not just have it mandatory that if you're going to be an Uber driver, that you have to have a certain amount of cameras on. So then if there's any question about the ride, if there's any question about the behavior of the person using that service, that they could go back and look at the footage. Well, and this would be important for the drivers themselves, for the safety of the drivers themselves. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. But here's where I have a problem with the Bowman store. Somebody's dropping the ball here either Uber or the LAPD because or both. what we're or both what we're left being told is that he texts 911 911 did their job they try to get in contact with Bo after receiving this communication they can't get in in contact with him police are saying we found no evidence of foul play uh Uber saying that they dropped him off in Santa Monica instead of his original destination why aren't we being told by LAPD that we've investigated that and Uber is correct? Bo Man was dropped off where they said he was dropped off. Or why aren't they saying we have no evidence that he arrived at that new destination? Because no evidence of him arriving at that new destination certainly points to foul play. That is your evidence of foul play. And the, the the problem I have with this case is, is kind of two and then threefold. Uber, LAPD, Bo's phone, the phone service that he's paying for. Have they subpoenaed those records? Have they tried to track his movements or at least the movement of his phone that day? These are all things that should be easily researched and confirmed. I mean, he's he's doing everything or most everything through the Uber app. Yeah. If he's if he's changing the destination, even if it's verbally to the driver, isn't the driver changing that within the app? I believe it has to be, or they can't they couldn't take him to a different location. Exactly. And then if Kyle's doing this ride on the sly, if he's like, "Well, I, I'll take you elsewhere. Just throw me twenty bucks." Well, then he needs to be upfront with that as well. This is the breadcrumb that we are missing, Captain, right? Did he exit that Uber or not? And we don't have LAPD or Uber to Uber's telling us he did. That's their general statement. Right. But we have no proof of that. We have no evidence of that. And you and I keep circling around the same thing. If he arrived in Berkeley Street in Santa Monica, there should be some kind of proof, some kind of digital footprint of him either being seen on somebody's doorbell camera surveillance camera for their business or his phone indicating that he arrived and went elsewhere or the Uber drivers app 
and it, there, there's all kinds of ways for us to verify that he arrived at that location safely or not. Well, and the, the problem becomes, when was he reported missing? And look, I don't mean to sound like my own Paul, but I'm going to tell you, the moment you don't hear from somebody and you start calling their family and nobody's heard from them, do not hesitate. The worst thing that can happen is that you call police and you file a missile... You file a missing person report, and then you have to call them back the next day. That's the worst thing that can happen if you file a report and you find the individual. Don't hesitate because maybe because there was some hesitation, maybe they weren't able to then go and and try to get that information. Or let's just say it's then reported to the news outlets, hey, this guy went missing, and this is where he was last seen. Then people in that neighborhood, business owners and, and people in that neighborhood hear about this missing person and then they can check themselves. Well, let's take a look at disappearedblog.com, what they're saying about Bowman's case. They state on there that according to Los Angeles Police Department, a 911 text was received from Bowman's phone number on the afternoon of his disappearance. They made several attempts to contact him, but he never replied. The, this website goes on to say that the Uber driver told authorities. Now, again, going back to that Facebook post, that poster is saying that they've seen a report that LAPD interviewed the driver more than once, interviewed the driver twice. Disappearedblog.com is saying the Uber driver told authorities that Bo Man was dropped off at his apartment. The website goes on to say, but no signs of him were found on surveillance cameras that afternoon. It should be pointed out here. This is a good point to point out that there was surveillance footage of the apartment complex. And we know this because there are available online pictures of Bo uh, leaving the apartment complex, but we don't have any pictures of him returning. So this is not for his specific apartment, but for the complex itself. Now, This is very interesting to me because if you have the Uber driver saying that he returned him to his apartment, that becomes a problem because the Uber app records show that Bo Man was dropped off on Berkeley Street, again, a residential area in Santa Monica, California, at 2.35 p.m. Now, just to play devil's advocate with with this Uber driver, he could have been told by Bo that this is my apartment. That's correct. So so both could be true statements. I think also if you're law enforcement, you need to have some serious conversations with his friends and family as well. If you don't have leads, if they're if they're screaming foul play and you have no evidence of it, I think you have to be real with them to go, "Hey, we need this information from his phone. We also need his online activity." Because yes. if they can get his online activity, is it possible that Bo was in another relationship? Yes, he was engaged and 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 it seems like he was in a happy and loving relationship. But there's a lot of people that have secret relationships. And so was this was this location a location of, of somebody that Bo was friends with? or in a a romantic relationship with. Well, Stevie Wonder called those part-time lovers. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. This plot is going to thicken, and it's going to thicken real quick here. 
So according to his mother, Bowman was recently acquainted with a man named Blake Brown, whom he met online and worked with for a period of time. The man who described their relationship, this is Blake Brown, who describes his relationship with Bowman as, quote, friends with benefits. This man previously what does that stayed mean? at like Bo-, Bo makes him brownies or something. Uh, you can read into that. However you mm-hmm. want to read into that. This man says that he previously stayed with Bo at Bo's apartment for some time in August of 2021. Upon returning from Texas from the visit for Thanksgiving, Bo man reportedly text this Blake Brown to meet up. But Blake Brown says he was not able to meet up with Bo because he was staying in Las Vegas at the time. Now, we'll circle back to Blake Brown here in a minute. Mm. Because this case gets even more mysterious. Jonah or Joe Good, at least in one online report, as the person whose address that Bo's Uber dropped him off in Santa Monica on November 30th, 2021 that individual joe good has died now i don't know how or why this person passed away only that it's reported that she passed away at her residence and she was 53 years old now she's been interviewed this is not a mystery to those closest to the case she maintained throughout this ordeal that she never even heard of bowman Supposedly, he's dropped off at her address. She's since passed away, but when talked to before she passes away, she says, I didn't meet him. I don't know why he would be coming here. I don't even know who that is. I've never heard that name before. Now, oddly enough, though, Captain, it looks like her death is being investigated, and the family has asked that donations be sent to something called Shatterproof, which is an organization for addiction. Could could we be in a situation where Bo is going to a location to meet a person he's never met before, even maybe using his own app, attempt to help somebody? Yeah, or I also wonder, and this is why the information from the Uber driver would clear things up, was this the address that was put into the Uber app, take me to this address? Or was this the location that he was dropped off at? Because there's been times that I'm going to a bar or I'm going to a coffee shop and we get pretty close and I go, okay, you can just drop me off here. Or they, or they go to the address and they pull up next door, two doors down from where you actually wanted to go. Right. So maybe the Uber driver's app is stating to law enforcement and to everybody, this is where he was dropped off. It's kind of a coincidence, right, that she would be somebody that would possibly be in recovery or an addict themselves. And then then you wonder, was Bo wrestling with addiction again? Well, and the other thing, just to go back to that Uber portion of it, you know, I've often been dropped off at intersections, right? I'll, I'll, I'll request to be dropped off at an intersection. Is this simply, I think we need more details here because is this simply the closest address to an intersection or the closest address to a, uh, a spot or more of a location rather that he's being dropped off at rather than a precise address. Right now, 
I said we're going to circle back to this Blake Brown here, and here we go. This, to me, you point at this Joe Good, who unfortunately passed away, and you see that the family is suggesting that please send donations to this Shatterproof, an organization for addiction. Is Could that just be some coincidence? It could be. Could it be significant? Possibly. What we can't dismiss is if you map out where Blake Brown was living at the time that Bowman disappears. Now, keep in mind, Blake Brown says he was in Las Vegas at the time that Bowman texted him, but Blake Brown's address is not terribly far. It's not right next door. It's 2.9 to 3.1 miles approximately. So about roughly three miles from where the Uber is saying that they dropped off Bo man. Now that's driving distance three, uh, about three miles. That's a long walk. That's a very long walk. That's 45. Yeah, I shouldn't say driving. I shouldn't say driving distance because it's the same distance regardless if you're walking or driving, but it's an, it's 11 to 13 minute drive. If one were to make that drive. And as the captain pointed out a long walk, The other thing that I found to be rather interesting here is I found two reports that are very unsettling when you cross-reference the information in these reports with the information in the Bowman disappearance or the lack thereof information in the Bowman disappearance. This uh, Blake Brown individual, the reports I have, Captain, are that he left his job December 1st and may have left that apartment on December 9th of 2021. Is this all a coincidence? Very fishy. Could be. Is it bad reporting? Could be. If these reports are true, though, right. how the hell do you dismiss this possibility that this individual that had some kind of relationship with Bo Mann quits their job the day after Bo goes missing last seen at his apartment within a week and a half of when Bo is last seen. Yeah. It's fishy. There's a lot of mystery in this timeline. There's a lot of mystery into what Bo's intentions were that afternoon, what his activities were to be. I think to me though, that the texting nine one one is supposed to tell us all of us, including the LAPD, something is wrong. Something is wrong starting now. We don't know what it is, but something is wrong starting now. And from every report I can find, that text was sent before Bo Man exited that Uber. LAPD says no evidence of foul play. Since when is a text or an attempted communication to 911, the emergency alert system, not some kind of evidence of potential foul play or an emergency? Well, and I, again, I, I also wonder what his activity from his phone was. Is it, is it possible that he texts his friend that they friends with benefits and he, and maybe this is somebody he's using drugs with and he goes, well, I'm out of town. And he goes, okay, well, you're out of t- town while well, Uber just take me to this spot because this is where I know I can get drugs. And yeah, it's, and, and not it's to, quite- not, and look, not to speculate too much, but, but, but think about this. This is a real possibility. Here's this guy that recovers and then he creates this app for people that are going through recovery to be able to meet up 
and get a support system. That's a very great thing to have, a great thing to create, a great thing to put out into this world. So if you were struggling with your addiction, it's more of a reason to try to hide it from people. And it, it and we've seen in a lot of cases when somebody does overdose that somebody disposes of the body basically because they don't want to get in trouble. But you could also put another blanket on that. Is it possible that if he did overdose with some people that they knew what Bowman created and what he was trying to do for uh, that community and that they didn't want it to be broadcast for the rest of the world. The guy that created this app to help people in recovery actually died from an overdose. Well, and where is the help for the individual? I get so angry. You know, we talked about this in the Natalie Bollinger case that the, the, the phone company, the service provider that she paid for, she paid them on time monthly for the service. When the police reach out with a subpoena saying, we would like to review her phone records because we think that that could lead us to the person that harmed and killed this individual. Right. They dragged their feet for 30 days due to some language in the subpoena and in the, in the search warrant, they dragged their feet for 30 days and delay justice. In that case, who, why don't these larger entities that operate in the millions of dollars help us individuals out? Where are the phone records for Bo man? What is the truth from Uber? And then to top it off, LAPD, shame on you. If you look up LAPDonline.org, if you go and attempt to look at the missing persons from the greater Los Angeles area, guess whose name and picture does not appear on the website? Bo Mans. And this website states that it was last updated in 2023. So where is our picture of Bo Man? Where is our information on Bo Man? And I say shame on you, LAPD, for this because I, I'm dissatisfied with your investigation. And again, I know you cannot and will not say everything that you've uncovered in your investigation. I think that some crowdsourcing could certainly help in Bo's case. But here's the other problem. I guarantee you, Captain, somewhere there is a line item for the taxpayers' dollars that says LAPD website, updating website, maintaining website. There is a line item in that city's budget, in that county's budget for this website and for the persons that are in charge of this website and maintaining this website. There are tax dollars that are being spent on this, and it doesn't seem to be a very thorough database when we are missing somebody who is currently missing. Yeah. And the one thing that we can do as a true crime community is to keep sharing information about these individuals, keep posting their pictures online, tell your friends to post their picture online, keep the conversation of this person going. There's too many missing people that just seem to poof, disappear into thin air. And that shouldn't be acceptable in our community. It should not be acceptable. LAPD statement is that they have found no evidence, means, or motive for foul play in Bo Man's disappearance. 
A $5,000 reward is being offered by his family for information leading to the recovery of Bo Mann. Since his disappearance, there has been no activity on his cellular phone. His family and his partner believe he has met with foul play as they don't think that he would have gone this long without contacting them. His case remains unsolved. Whatever happened to Bo Mann, his family wants answers. They're asking anyone with information to call the Los Angeles Police Department's Missing Persons Unit during business hours at 213-996-1800 or call 1-800-222-TIPS. That's TIPS, 1-800-222-8477, toll free, and you can call that number 24 hours a day. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us here each week in the garage and until next week be good be kind and don't live BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs>